right, guys, and we are back. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, on this one, we are going to talk about free agency. So pending free agents and uh, potential contract renegotiations and all that kind of stuff. Because one of the first things that typically happens, you look at the offseason, first thing that happens is all the coaching changes. Went over all that last time. You lose Steve Wilkes, but you get it. Or sorry, you lose D'Amico, but you get Steve Wilkes. You lose Bobby Slowick, but you get a Kubiak. So you have the coaching changes. Every year it happens. You know, coaches, they, they come, they leave. Uh, some get poached, as I like to say. And uh, that's just how it is. You know, the, the coaching, that happens first. After that, you have free agency. Free agency happens. Typically, you're going to have some cuts that happen before specific like contract deadlines. And then free agency happens. I forget the exact date, but it's uh, like March, mid-March typically when the uh, new NFL calendar year kicks over with free agency. And then after free agency, a few weeks after that, you have the draft. So let's talk about all the players that the Niners are going to be losing to free agency whether or not we're going to keep them and what the kind of plan is. All right. So um, I have got, what have I got here? I've got spot track uh, pulled up. So who are the biggest free agents uh, that are UDFAs? So um, unrestricted uh, free agents. So the first one on the list is Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, um, I think it'd be awesome to bring back Jimmy Ward. Love Jimmy Ward. He's been great. He's been great on the team for many years now. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be coming back. I think that Jimmy Ward was frustrated and uh, understandably so that he didn't get a chance to play free safety this year. He was, due to injury... And despite the fact that he was a captain and has been one of the leaders on this team for half of a decade, he lost his starting free safety position when he got hurt early on in the season. And for the first month, we had to have Tayshawn Gibson step in. Tayshawn Gibson stepped in, played very well, especially considering that he was just coming off the street. And uh, Jimmy Ward was relegated to nickel. I think he played a lot better as the season went on in the nickel. He got better in coverage playing out of the slot. Um, he had, I think, his best year ever in terms of interceptions playing out of the slot. But he has made it abundantly clear that he is a safety and he likes to play free safety. And I think that just in terms of like price and the relationship there, I don't know if Jimmy Ward is going to come back. Um the good news is it seems like there's a lot of free safeties on the market. Also, I feel like safeties typically don't command as much money um, as other positions. You can usually get a high-end safety for a lot of the times like $8 million, whereas like a top cornerback is going to be a lot of the times 15 to $20 million. And geez, an elite defensive end, you're going to pay $25 maybe $30 million. Bosa is probably going to get 30 plus million dollars a year. So safety is one of those positions where we're probably going to lose Jimmy Ward and we're going to need a free safety. We've got a Funga, but Jimmy Ward is probably going to be gone. Um, 
I hope we can bring him back. I think it'd be great. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, so next up on the list is Jimmy G, Mr. Garoppolo himself. He's gone. He's not coming back. Um, I don't know where he's going to end up, but Jimmy's going to get picked up somewhere. He's probably going to be given like $20 million a year, maybe $25 million. Jimmy's still a solid starting quarterback. He's still young enough. Um, he's a veteran. He's played a lot of football. And uh, he can still play at a, a reasonable level. The problem is that he's had injuries and the Niners are limited. But there's a lot of teams that are going to want Jimmy um, that will be willing to pay him 20 or $25 million a year. Um, I mean, there's at least five or ten teams that are probably going to be interested in him. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, if it's a bidding war to get him. It seems right now like the quarterback market is essentially uh, people are going to fight over Aaron Rodgers because it seems like Aaron Rodgers might actually get traded. Um, but, you know, who can give up the most in terms of draft capital to get Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Derek Carr got released by the Raiders. He is probably a more desirable quarterback than Jimmy. Um, I think so. I I don't necessarily know if Carr is that much better at quarterback than Jimmy, but he's less limited and he's more durable. Carr's got a better arm. He's more athletic and he's had a lot less injuries than Jimmy. And I think that in and of itself is going to make him a more desirable quarterback. Um, I think with Carr, you're looking at a quarterback who's probably in the 10 to 15 range. And with Jimmy, you're looking at a quarterback who's probably in the 15 to 20 range. Uh, They're both starting quarterbacks. They're both going to be free agents. And I'm sure they're both going to find new teams and get paid. Uh, The good news about Jimmy Garoppolo getting picked up and get paid is that the Niners probably aren't going to make a big splash in free agency equivalent to Jimmy getting 20 to 25, maybe even $30 million, which means we'll probably get another comp pick in a year. (laughs) So just keep bringing those comp picks. And it's probably going to be a third um, just because the highest comp pick that you can get for losing free agents is a third round pick. And I doubt the Niners will be able to offset the contract that Jimmy's going to get during free agency. Uh, Jimmy's also more or less healthy going into free agency. So Jimmy's gone. Next up is Samson Ebukam. Um, this is a guy that may or may not be brought back. Uh, he was brought in on a, it was like a two year, $12 million deal where he was making about 6 million a year. And he's been a solid defensive end. He's been a good run stopper, a good, uh, good defending the run. He's been pretty good at setting the edge, even though he's not necessarily a, a big guy. Um, although I feel like he's bigger than the 255 he's listed at. He's probably pushing 260 by now. Uh, but either way, Ebukam, he's not a big sack kind of guy. Um, I think this year was his best season and he had five and a half. Um, but he's typically a four and a half sack a year player. Um, he might be a guy that can get you eight sacks a season if he's given more opportunities. This year he was, you know, a good rotational defensive end. He started a lot of games for us, played through some injuries. He's a quality player. Um, 
And we do need defensive line, but I just, I don't know if we'll be able to bring him back at that cost. Um, and just for reference, I probably didn't mention this yet. Currently, the 49ers have about $8.4 million in cap. So that's kind of what they're working with right now. So Samson Ebukam, he's uh, not quite 28 years old. He probably wants another good contract. And he's probably going to get paid by somebody else more than what the Niners are willing to pay. Uh, next up on the list is, I'm going to go Mike McGlinchey here just because... I think McGlinchey's gone. Um, I know that McGlinchey, there's been a very mixed bag for McGlinchey in terms of the thought around the Twitters. Um, some people think he's total ass. Some people think he's good. My opinion on McGlinchey is that I think McGlinchey is a solid right tackle. He's average in pass protection. And he's good in run. He's good in the run game. But his bad plays are extremely bad, and they're so bad that I think it gives the narrative that he's a trash player. And McGlinchey's not a trash player. He is probably going to be the top offensive tackle on the market, and he's probably going to make fifteen million dollars a year somewhere. I don't think he's back with the Niners for that exact reason. I don't think we can pay him that much. Um, it might be good for him to get a fresh start somewhere where he's more appreciated. Um, I also, I'm not sure how the offensive line is going to be able to cope with losing him. I will say Shanahan has done an extremely good job of protecting the offensive line when they have been down guys. So when McGlinchey got hurt during our Super Bowl run in, uh, 2019, McGlinchey got hurt. He was out for a couple of games. We threw a Brunskill in at right tackle. He played a couple of games there. It was fine. I remember Joe Staley went down for a couple of games and we had school step in, Justin School. The offensive line survived. Um, McGlinchey got hurt last year and we had Tom Compton step in. And Tom Compton is a borderline starter in the NFL and he played right tackle for the Niners for six or eight games. Uh, as McGlinchey was out with his leg, uh, his knee injury last year. Um, and, you know, we survived with that as a right tackle. Um, so I think that we'll survive missing Mike McGlinchey. I think it's just something where we can't afford to pay the right tackle that much. We just don't have enough cap room. We're paying too many other players a lot of money. And uh, McGlinchey's going to get paid somewhere. Uh, again, this might also be another one where, hey, we get a good comp pick. Um but I just, I don't think we can keep McGlinchey around. He's going to get paid $15 million and it's probably not going to be with the 49ers. So McGlinchey is probably going to be gone. That's going to be one of the big discussions this off season is what do we do at right tackle? And uh, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, outside of McGlinchey, next on the list is Aziz, Aziz Alshire, Alshair. Um, Aziz has been really good. Amazing story. He's 25 and a half years old. He's played some really good football, especially from being an unre an undrafted free agent. And uh, Aziz is going to get paid somewhere. How much? Where? I don't know. He's one of those guys that I could definitely see um, following D'Amico down to Texas. I think that'd be great. Um, you know, go down there, be a starting linebacker 
probably get paid because the Texans have more money than the Niners. Stick with D'Amico. You know, stay with a system that you understand, with a coach that you like, that you worked with for years. Implement the system. Implement the culture. Um, I think that just makes too much sense. And again, you know, he's he's too good. He's going to make too much money that we can't afford. So we're probably going to lose his ease. So that's one of the things we'll be talking about moving forward is, hey, linebacker three, what do we do? Because we got Fred, we got Dre, but we're going to lose Aziz. I'd be very surprised if we kept Aziz around. Uh, next on the list is uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Mosley is a tricky one. I, uh, I don't know if he's going to stick around, but I would not be surprised if he re-signed with the Niners on a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, just to prove that he can come back and be healthy. He got hurt midway through the season. It was uh, it was not the beginning of the season, so who knows if he's even ready to play um, at the beginning of next season. And uh, coming off of an ACL, a lot of the times teams aren't going to be willing to pay a lot of money, even though he played very well. If you remember, Mosley was playing... Really, really damn good corner opposite of Charvarius Ward for the first like two months of the season. Uh, he got hurt against Carolina and it was brutal. It really sucked, but he was playing so good up until that point. I think that game he had two interceptions, if I remember correctly. But Mosley was awesome. I would love to bring him back. I think there's a chance we bring him back on a prove it deal. Um, if not, you know, you wish him the best, but this is one where I could definitely see the team bringing him back on a prove it deal. Um, next on the list that I've got here, I see Robbie gold on here. I feel like this might be one of those things where Shanahan does another like franchise tag on Robbie gold for like $4 million. And they sign like another two year contract or something. Robbie gold's still good. He's still a good kicker. He's clutching the playoffs. You don't really like that he's 40 years old, um, but, you know, you need a kicker. You got to have a kicker. Do you really want to draft a kicker and just kind of like hope the hope that a draft works out? I mean, Robbie Gold's been a good kicker. Um, is he the best kicker? No, he's not Justin Tucker, but he's a top five kicker, I would argue, in the NFL. You could definitely argue he's a top five kicker. And inside 50 yards, he's pretty much always good. Do I trust him to make a 58-yarder? That's pushing it. But if he needs to make a 44-yarder, like, I pretty much trust him unless it's, you know, a blizzard. Uh, so I think you bring back Robbie Gold. It's worth it to spend. Here's, here's the thing. is With a kicker, I can understand not wanting to spend money. But how much is peace of mind worth? How much is it worth? How much is it worth it to say, oh, well, you know what? It's a 40-yard field goal. Cool. Send, send gold out there. We'll get it. No problem. You know, he, he's been really good with us. I hope we keep him around. Uh, we'll see what happens. Next on the list, we got Dan Brunskill. Uh, Dan Brunskill, he's 29 now. I think he's somebody that you want to keep around. He's probably going to be affordable. Probably keep him around for, you know, two million bucks. He can play swing tackle. He can play guard. He can play center. He can play any position on the offensive line. Ideally, he's your number six offensive lineman. But if he's your worst offensive lineman, 
that's that's not a bad thing, you know? He's he's a solid I would call him replacement level, but if you got a guy who's a replacement level average player who can play at every position on the offensive line, that's someone you want to keep around. So I'm really hoping we keep Dan Brunskill around. Um, next after this, we've got Hassan Ridgeway. I hope that we bring Hassan Ridgeway back. Um, I think we need that one tech or two tech kind of nose tackle big thick guy in the middle, 300 plus pounds, stuff the run, uh, take up double teams. I think that you try and bring a guy back. I think you can bring him back on a good vet minimum type of contract, you know, 1.5, 1.8, 2 million, something in that range. I think you try and uh, bring back Ridgeway. I think it makes sense. Um, I think that it was a mistake not putting Jimmy on the injured reserve because then you could have brought back Ridgeway and the interior defensive line really started to struggle when Ridgeway got hurt. Um, if you remember, our run defense was a lot better up the middle of the defensive line before Ridgeway got hurt. So I think you bring back Ridgeway. He's 28, so he's still got a couple good years of football left in him. And uh, I think that's a good fit, and it fills a need, which is strengthening the defensive tackle position. And it's affordable. You know, a, a lot of these guys that we're getting to, these are one million, two million, three, four million dollar contracts. You know, you can you can throw these in. Um, they don't even really count towards the cap. You know, if it's like the if they're not one of the like top fifty three contracts or whatever in the off season. So, a lot of these guys we're getting to. If I talk about bringing back, they're probably affordable. But Hassan Ridgeway, I definitely think you want to bring back. Uh, next up is Kerry Hyder. This is another guy that I could potentially see coming back on a vet minimum uh, this year. I think he's, I think it says that they're expecting him to be at like a 1.5. Um, again, Kerry Hyder, I think he's probably better as a base defensive end and not a defensive tackle like they played him. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a guy that, hey, he's 32 years old, so he's definitely getting up there. But he's a high effort guy. He likes working with Kosarek. You need defensive linemen. It wouldn't surprise me if he's back. He wouldn't be my number one defensive end to bring back, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Next up is Tyler Croft, tight end. Um, I know that he was the one who didn't hold up his block against Hassan Reddick, which got Purdy hurt. That being said, Tyler Croft was the second best tight end on this team this season. He's a solid player. He's not spectacular. He's over 30, but you know, he's, he's 30 years old. He'll be 31, which isn't terrible. And he's a, he's a solid tight end. If he's your tight end two, tight end number three, I don't hate it. Um, and especially if you can get him back on like a near vet minimum deal, 1.2, 1.3, I think that makes sense. You know, uh, Tayshawn Gibson, Tayshawn Gibson, um, he may retire or he may come back. I think he's mulling it. He's 32 and a half years old. He's not the athlete that he used to be, but he's a savvy vet who can stay over the top as a single high free safety. He's a good tackler and he'll stay over the top and just make sure nothing gets past him. You know, that's, that's kind of what you're getting with, uh, with, uh, Tayshawn Gibson. Um, I forget who said it today. I was listening to Chapman and Vish, and one of them said that he used an umbrella because he just stays on top. <laughs> but yeah, Tayshawn Gibson, if you can get him back for a couple million bucks, 
I think you do it because we need a free safety. If Jimmy Ward's gone, who's going to play free so- free safety opposite of Hafunga? I think Tayshawn Gibson played plenty well, good enough to do that next season, uh, even if he is pushing that pushing an age. Uh, Maurice Hurst um, sucks about his injury. He didn't even get a chance to play this season. I think he tore his bicep right as the season started. Um, but you know, Maurice Hurst, he's a, uh, he's kind of in the mold of Kevin Givens is kind of these, uh, like undersized three techniques that are kind of, uh, uh, Chapman calls them slashers. Um, but I would say that, you know, he's kind of an undersized penetrating three technique defensive tackle. And, uh, that's kind of what you're getting. He's a, he's a good player and you can probably get him back on the cheap. I think it makes sense to bring him back if you can, you know, for 1.2 million or whatever. Again, more defensive tackle depth. We need defensive lineman depth. Uh, Josh Johnson, nah, I don't think we're going to bring him back. I don't think it makes sense to. Uh, we basically only brought him in as an emergency because we were down to our third quarterback, and I don't expect that happening again. But who knows? Maybe he does come back. He's played for like half the NFL. Um, in his like 15 seasons, uh, Jordan Willis, Jordan Willis is a guy I would love to bring back, uh, defensive end. He's going to be turning 28 soon. So he's still got a couple of good years left. Um, he's a versatile defensive end. He's a big, powerful guy plays on special teams. We all remember the green Bay game. Uh, if you can get Jordan Willis back for, you know, a million or a couple million, I think you do it. No questions asked. Ross Dwelly. Dwelly's going to be a, uh, a free agent. I think he's another guy that, hey, you know, if you can keep him around on a vet minimum, which I think you can because he's a tight end three kind of guy, um, I think you bring him into camp. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is on the 90-man roster come training camp. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the team as, you know, tight end three um, going into next season. But I could see you bringing back Ross Dwelly. Um, he's solid, not spectacular. Um, he just, he's duct tape, duct tape dwelly shout out Chapman Tabor pepper. You got to bring back Mr. Pepper. Uh, I love seeing uh, when I went, I remember I went to, uh, one of the games in Seattle and, uh, I saw somebody with a Tabor pepper, uh, Jersey on. I thought that was so cool. I was like, no way. 46 pepper. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you gotta have your long snapper. And, uh, I think with special teams, um, you finally had an upgrade on special teams coaching last year and you spent a lot of money bringing in George Odom or Burks. Um, you've got the, you spent a lot of money last off season on special teams and you upgraded it and, uh, it would really suck to lose your kicker and your snapper because then you got to figure it all out again and who you don't know if it's going to be as reliable as it was. So I think you try and bring back Tabor Pepper and again, it's one of the low cost um, options. Long snappers aren't asking for 10 million bucks. All right, getting a little interesting here. Jake Brendel, center. Um, I think you bring him back. I think you bring back Jake Brendel. Um, I think that he played well enough this year to say, hey, we think you can start. I think that uh, it would make sense to offer him a, a contract. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they offered him some kind of extension. Like, um, I think I heard somewhere like two years, 10 million. 
Um, I think that's reasonable, you know, uh, getting your starting center for the next two seasons. And again, was he elite? No, but he wasn't a complete liability. There's some things that he's good at. There's some things that he's not good at. Um, but I mean, who else is going to play center? Who else are, what are we going to do? Like, I don't think there's a top center on the free agent market. I don't think you can pay a top free agent center on the market. And I don't think you can expect to get a starting quality center with pick 99, which is our first pick in the draft. Uh, there are a couple centers in the draft. I'm going to be looking at them. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the best case scenario is you bring back Brendel, um, some kind of short-term semi-prove-it deal of, hey, you know, you played well, but was it just a one-year thing? Was it just a system thing? Because I think he'd only started like three or five games in his entire career before this season. This season, he played an entire season. It was in a scheme that seemed to fit him, and he played solid. So I think you bring back Jake Brendel. You try and keep that offensive line as together as possible, and you hope the only issue you have to worry about is right tackle. Um, and then everything else, you can just kind of keep the same. Um, next up, Jason Verrett. I just don't think that we can do this again. Um, I don't know if Jason Verrett is willing to do it again. Uh, man, what if? So, so talented of a player, but just like cursed by the football gods with injuries. So, yeah, I, I, I don't even know if, I don't even know. I mean, it just, it sucks about Verrett. Just so many years, so many injuries and not like you pulled a hamstring, but like torn Achilles, torn Achilles, ACL, ACL. How many season-ending major injuries has this guy had in his freaking legs and knees? Ugh. Um, so yeah, Jason Frett, free agent. I, I don't see him sticking around. Cool. Um, a few more left to go here before we finish up on the uh, guys. We're losing Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, which means they'll probably tender him. Uh, my guess is they'll probably tender him with like a right of first refusal. If they really like him, they might give him like a, a second or a third round tender. Um, if they do that, then that means that they really like him as a uh, as a, the number three linebacker. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Kevin Givens is also a restricted free agent, which means that they can tender him. Um and by the way, a tender basically means that whatever you tender as a player, other teams can still sign them. But if they if they do sign them for that amount, then they owe you that draft pick. So I think if you do like a, a second round tender, it's like a three point something million dollar contract. And if a team decides to do that, they have to pay him that amount and they have to give you a second round draft pick. So that's what a tender is. Um, a right of first refusal basically means that whatever... If you tender someone with a right of first refusal, um, that means that whatever team makes an offer, you have the right to match it. Um, so yeah, that's basically what that is. And then I think there's also like an original tender, which is based off of what they were originally drafted in. I think DFF was a uh, undrafted free agent. Uh, Kevin Givens is again, another restricted free agent. Um, 26 years old. I like Kevin Givens. Um, he's not, 
a high snap count kind of guy. He comes in, he plays three tech, you know, 20 or so plays a game. And, you know, he, he makes a few good plays a year. You like him for it. Um, I think you keep him, especially as a restricted free agent. You can probably bring him back at a minimum contract of, you know, eight, $900,000, a million bucks or whatever. He's probably not going to cost more than a million bucks. So you definitely bring him back for that. He's a solid rotational three tech. Uh, Colton McKivitz, um, you know, losing McGlinchey, Colton McKivitz being a restricted free agent. I think that they're probably going to tender him and they're probably going to keep him around um, as most likely our replacement starting right tackle. I know Chapman is fairly high on McKivitz being a, the starting right tackle um, over Jalen Moore. Um, so Colt McKivitz, restricted free agent. My guess is we keep him around, we tender him. And I think you can do that fairly cheap because, uh, again, you're looking at, a, I think he was a fifth or sixth round draft pick who's only started uh, a handful of games in his uh, you know three, four years in the league. So I think that he's one you can stick, keep around for a, a very low cost and uh, potentially be the right tackle next season. Uh, we've got Tervarius Moore as an unrestricted free agent. I think he's gone. Who knows? Maybe you bring him back on a minimum deal. Um, I kind of feel like this was a, a draft bust, kind of an experiment gone wrong. You know, you get you, you get a you get a guy who played uh, like a, a too high quarters safety role in college with crazy measurables, just in terms of like speed running a mid four three. And then you just, you try and put him, change positions, change positions back and then a major injury. And, uh, you know, you, you basically blew a third round pick on essentially he turned into a, a special teamer. So it's unfortunately, I think Tarverius Moore could have played. Um, I think if they had, if I think if he was drafted in into a better system or, given a better opportunity that made more sense. Uh, I think his uh, career could have been better. So we'll see if he sticks around um, or not, but uh, he's unrestricted. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Charles Amenahue is another big one. Um, Amenahue is one that I would really like to bring back, but he's also probably going to be the defensive lineman that commands the most money uh, out of all of them. Being an unrestricted free agent, I would not be surprised with how well Amani who played this year, the film that he put on tape, if he's making six to eight million dollars a year next year uh, on his contract, and it might not be with the 49ers. So of all the defensive linemen I'd like to bring back, I think Amani Hugh would be number one. Uh, Jordan Willis would probably be number two, um, just in terms of unrestricted uh, free agents. Um, actually, I would probably say... Um, Amenahue, uh, Ridgeway, uh, Willis. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I think Amenahue is gone. I hope we get him back. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. He's played himself into a higher pay rate. I think he only made like seven or 800 grand this year. Um, but he definitely played at a higher level. Uh, Juwan Jennings is a uh, exclusive rights free agent, which means that he's sticking around. So we have Juwan Jennings for another year. Um, guys that I am not seeing listed on here. So I'm curious about that. I'm going to see if there's a, I'm going to check some other things. Uh, I didn't see T.Y. McGill, 
list on here. T.Y. McGill was uh, a guy that we had. Let me see here. Let me can I sort by position? Uh, maybe. Kind of. No. No. Name. No. They can't short sort by name. Yeah. Jeez. There's just there's no easy way to sort this. Okay. Cool. Uh, current APY. I guess we'll go current APY as the highest. Uh, but guys that I didn't see on there, T.Y. McGill, here we go. T.Y. McGill is also an unrestricted free agent. Um, he'd be a guy that I'd be happy to bring back. Played a solid defensive tackle, kind of rotational uh, player. Um, let's see here. And uh, Dante Johnson, he'll be back. He's the barnacle. He's never leaving. Dante Johnson is never leaving. You know that. <laughs> All right, what else is on here? Um, that's funny. We have Jordan Matthews listed on here as a wide receiver. That is very funny. Uh, he's probably retiring. Uh, but yeah, T.Y. McGill I'd like to bring back. And I feel like there was somebody else, but I'm not seeing anybody else. Let me just check uh, one more uh, website here. And uh, also Niner Noise. Yeah, because I think that's pretty much everybody. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's last year's. <laughs> All right, here we go. Free agents. All right. Um, cool. So here's a couple of guys that are exclusive rights free agents. Is this accurate? When was this written? Oh, this is seven months ago. All right, cool. So there you go. That's it. Um, I will say that one guy that we actually just re-signed, which is kind of exciting, is uh, Marcelino McCreary-Ball. He was a undrafted free agent um, that uh, spent the year on the practice squad. If you remember, he had an awesome game. He's super athletic kind of guy um, in the preseason. Um, but we signed Marcelino McCreary-Ball to a one-year deal. So there we go. That's the majority of it now. I will say when it comes to free agency, uh, it's really tricky right now to say like, who are you going to go get in the free agency? Because we don't know who we're going to re-sign. We don't know what contracts that we're going to renegotiate or restructure uh, or make extensions on. And we also don't know what the rest of the league is going to do. Uh, the 49ers actually have a good amount of cap space compared to a lot of the league. Um, there's some teams that are in uh, cap hell. Like I think the Saints are like $60 million over the cap. Uh, they do this like every year where they're $50 million over the cap. They renegotiate like 18 deals, cut like 10 guys, and uh, then somehow they fit everything under the cap. Um, but uh, there's a lot of teams that are already over the cap projected. So who knows who's going to be a cap casualty. We're going to see a whole lot of uh, names popping up as cap cuts. Uh, the biggest one already happened, like I mentioned, Derek Carr getting cut. Uh, so that way the Raiders would not be on the hook for $40 million. So as far as free agency, free agency goes, we will probably address that more. Um, here in a couple weeks, um, when teams start making their, uh, their cap cuts, and uh, we have a better idea about our cap space going into uh, the free agency. Because, again, I think free agency is uh, like the first or second week of March. So that's all I'm going to say with uh, free agency, who to target. 
Um, I think we have a pretty good idea about what we're going to look for. Um, but yeah. And uh, in terms of deals that we're going to renegotiate, um, I'm just going to pull up here the uh, the 49ers... Uh, 49ers biggest cap hits next year. And uh, real quick, I'll just kind of go through these just because it, it kind of gives you an idea about who we can restructure potentially. Um, so the biggest cap hits going into next year, I'm just going to read them off. It is... Trent Williams with a cap hit of 27 million, Eric Armstead with a cap hit of almost 24 million, Fred Warner with a cap hit of 18.5 million, Kittle with a cap hit of 18 million, Bosa with a cap hit of 18 million, Traverius Ward 16 million, Christian McCaffrey 12 million, and then after that we have Trey Lance 9 million, Debo Samuel 8.5 million. Now, I think realistically, um, the uh, the guys that you could expect to see. So Eric Armstead, if I remember correctly, is going into the final year of his contract. He's played well. He's a good defensive tackle. He's not too old. Eric Armstead is a contract that I would be not surprised if they uh, essentially gave an extension and restructured it to clear up some cap space. I am not a cap genius cap guru. There's other people that know way more about it. Um, but when I see $24 million final year of a contract for a guy that's like 28, 29 years old, what I say is, is he still playing at a high level? Yes. Cool. Give him a couple of year extension, spread it out a little bit, work some Parag Marathe magic and, uh, you know, lower that cap a little bit. Maybe we can free up, uh, you know, five or six or 8 million bucks in cap. Um, just from Eric Armstead. And again, currently we're looking at about eight, eight, four million in cap space. You know, you free up another 7 million, you got $15 million in cap space. Now you got some room to make some moves. Uh, Fred Warner and George Kittle. Um, I don't know if you renegotiate those or restructure those just because, you know, you're not too far into them and, um, you know, I, I think you wait one more year to restructure or do an extension on those two guys. Nick Bosa is an interesting one. Nick Bosa, um, because he's going into his fifth year option at a high price, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him his huge extension this off season, which actually lowered his cap hit next season. Um, again, I don't know the cap magic, and uh, all this witchcraft of how they do it. But basically, you take some of the money today and you give it today, but you space it out over multiple years and then you call it a bonus and then you front load the pay, but you back load the cap and then you throw in a little bit of wizardry and you make Bosa's cap hit lower next season. Uh, so again, I don't know how you do that, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bose's cap hit next year went from 18 million down to 12 or 15 or something, even though he gets like a $32 million a year contract, five-year extension or something, um, which I think is something that we can look forward to this offseason. If we get a Bosa offseason extension, we are having a celebration pod. <laughs> 
Uh, Charverius Ward, you just gave him a contract, but shit, dude, he played so well and he's young enough. I mean, I wouldn't hate the idea of extending him and like restructuring because you only gave him like a $3 million or a three-year contract at like $12 million a year. I wouldn't hate if you added like another year or two on there Moved some money around and again, freed up some cap. Christian McCaffrey seems to be an obvious one. Um, he is, uh, he's on the cap for $12 million, but he only has 1 million guaranteed. Um, and that's basically the same over the next three years as he counts 3 million a year for the next three or 12 million a year for the next three years. So that's definitely one where they're going to be restructuring, renegotiating McCaffrey's contract he played so well. Um, you want to protect yourself from injury because he is, you know, 26 years old. Running backs fall off the cliff fast. But damn, he was good this year. And I'm sure you can free up some cap space out of those uh, $36 million over the next three years. I'm sure you can, you know, wiggle that a bit. Uh, Debo Samuel, you're not going to touch that. And whoever had the idea to trade Debo to the Patriots, come on, dude, just... I hate stupid takes that are just stupid. Like, oh, the Patriots are sniffing around for Debo. Oh, yeah, you think the Niners are going to trade a guy they just signed a contract on who's a $28 million dead cap hit? What are you going to give him, huh? Plus, like, then who do we have as a receiver? Like, no. Unless you're giving us, like, two or three first-round picks. Like, no, we're not taking a $28 million dead cap hit and losing our number, like, one of our... Like our all pro receiver. Just shut up. Whoever said that, just you're wrong. Uh, use check is uh, counting for six and a half million against the cap. That's one I could definitely see in getting renegotiated. Uh, let's see here. And then after that, you got Greenlaw. Uh, Kinlaw is going in the last year of his contract. They're definitely not going to pick up his fifth year option. Um My guess is they're probably just going to let him ride out the final year. But you don't cut Kinlaw either because that money's guaranteed. If you cut Kinlaw, that's just a loss of $5 million. And the only thing you're gaining is a roster spot. But we need defensive tackle depth. So while Javon Kinlaw might might be a, a bust in terms of being a first-round guy and he's got a bad knee, you know, he's still a defensive lineman and you need defensive linemen. And at the very least, you can use him as a rotational player. So we're not getting rid of Kinlaw. We're not cutting him. Um, but again, I would not be surprised if we just let him walk after next season or gave him a very low contract for that. I, I just think it, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's Javon Kinlaw. Um, yeah, then after that, you've got low cap hits. You got Ayuk, who's, you know, not going to be too crazy. Like $4 million, you're getting a fifth-year option guaranteed. And then you got some low ones. So definitely the ones that I could see getting renegotiated. Uh, use check, McCaffrey, uh, Ward, Bosa, and Armstead. Those are probably the guys I'm looking at that are potentially going to be, you know, extension slash restructure kind of deals as far as contracts go. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, other than that, like I mentioned, we won't really get into free agency until, uh, we get closer just because we don't really know what the market's going to be like as more teams make, you know, cap casualty cuts 
and uh, all that kind of stuff. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on who's sticking around, who gets cut and whatnot, what free agency looks like. But I'm sure the team is going to renegotiate some deals. They're going to restructure some things. They're probably going to do an extension and other teams are going to do the same thing. The uh, the old saying of yesterday's price is not today's price. Well, today's cap situation and free agency market is not going to be the same thing tomorrow or when free agency starts. So we'll take a look at it. Um, but I think that's going to be pretty much everything as far as uh, the cap goes. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. On the next one, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of like the draft and uh, what I'm going to be doing for that. So appreciate all y'all. And as always, go Niners. <laughs>